Boom, what is up? It is Sentinel Sideline365 in the back with a special weekend recap episode. A lot going on this weekend, so I'm going to catch you up. Since I know you probably don't have a lot of time either to follow everything that's going on on Twitter. So let's let's get to it. A couple, four things I want to go through. Go through Keon Coleman's visit, uh, Jalen Key's visit. Two big things going on with football right there. Uh, a commitment from a transfer that just left the program. I want to go through that real quick and uh, how you guys see that. And then finally, we had a big basketball uh, uh, transfer as well. Go into a rival, so I want to discuss that. We'll go through those four things as quickly as possible. And then I want to get your thoughts in the comments below. So uh, any of these things that we discussed, let me know in the comments. I'd love to see the feedback and, uh, and go back and forth with you all, y'all. So let me know in the comments what you guys think. So first thing up. Jalen Key and Matt uh, and uh, Jalen Key and Keon Coleman were in town. Two priority transfer portal uh, recruits that were trying to get signed this weekend potentially. Uh, Florida State could not lock down uh, Key, which is a big one. I think Key from UAB, the the star player there, the guy with one year of eligibility still left, uh, trying to make a play at the biggest pro a bigger the biggest program he can get to, and he has the suitors lined up right. I th- they, uh, this is a hometown kid too, a kid out of Tallahassee, but it could be. Florida State has the advantage in terms of being close to home, uh, you know, in-state program that, that is getting him for a visit. Now you could say, is getting his first visit a advantage or disadvantage, right? You get the first at-bat at a kid uh, like this. I, ble- I believe this was his first visit. Um, or maybe he he went to, I- I'm thinking this was his first visit. You could correct me there, but you get the first at bat or one of the first at bats that could be seen as an advantage. You can make the first impression or would you rather have the last visit, right? Because they weren't able to lock in his commitment. He did say in his post uh, interview, post his interview that it helped him slim down things. Uh, Mike Novell made a good impression, but he's still going to take his visits to Ohio state and uh, Alabama this next week. Now those are two programs that can obviously sell him on a lot of things that Florida state can, if not more, right? Those are two defensive back, NFL program factories. They they send defense backs to the NF, to the next level uh, like it's uh, a secondary job to them, right? And this is what this kid is trying to do. He wants to get to the next level. That's why he's leaving UAB. He wants to be further developed. He wants to be put on the biggest stage possible. And, and that's all his goal is right now, which is you can't blame. He broke out last year at UAB. He's now looking for this biggest stage as possible in his final year of development. Uh, he's not looking to come in here and sit on the bench for a year or be a rotational player. Now, from what his interview said um, with the various media outlets, I'm not sure who broke it or who had the interview. It may have been Knowles game day. He said that the impression he got is that he likes the way that Florida State plays, uses their defensive backs, especially their safeties. They play him in the run game. They play him in multiple positions. So you get to learn a lot of different things. You're not stuck doing one thing in that role uh, and the versatility of that position, which is true. You know, Florida State uses their, their safeties and their defensive backs in the multiple uh, positions on the field, which is great. And that's great for the next level, right? Because you're not not pigeonholed into uh, doing, you're not, you're not known for only doing one thing, right? Um, so it's great from a development perspective. And he says also it's fun uh, because you're not, you're not just learning one technique or, or you're not just playing one field, a uh, part of the field. So uh, he, he saw that was a positive. And then also uh, he said that he's cut out Oregon from this recruitment race. And I think I said that last week that I didn't think Oregon was going to be a true player even though they were in his top six, I always thought it was going to be OSU, Bama, and Florida State because these are, when you look at DBUs, these are the three programs. And they're on the East Coast. They're closest to home to him, Bama and Florida State being the closest. But these are the three primetime programs who are going to be top 10 programs, probably preseason most likely. And, and, and they can they have a history to produce defense back. So I think it is a little disappointing that he's going to be leaving without a commitment. I know it's going to be a tough sell. 
but you have the biggest advantage of all these in terms of him being close to home and, and selling that final year to him. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough, man. Him leaving campus and going to two powerhouse programs. It's going to be tough for Florida state. I, I, I'm going to be truthful with you, but I think they made a strong impression and we'll see where it goes. From I give it a coin flip right now. I, I, I give probably Florida state a 33% chance of, of getting this kid um, signed sealed. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes, and we'll keep you updated there. The next thing I want to cover is Keon Coleman. Keon wrapped up his visit as well this weekend. Um, you, you can see uh, you can see the videos he's put up on Twitter um, in terms of uh, how his visit went. It, it looks pretty. It looks like it went pretty well from all indications. If you've if you've seen it or, or if you take a look at, at what he's showing, so you can see a bit of uh, his. Uh, uh, the photo shoot they did and they do with all the players who are on campus. He's been posting photos all week. You know, once again, uh, the, the team there at Florida state really elevated their game since, uh, Norvell's taken over and doing these photo shoots with recruits and players and stuff like that, get them on the field at night, get the spears out, stuff like that. Really, really well done by the media team and whoever runs that. Um, these pictures are, these are, these are pretty good. It, pretty good for a recruit and, and getting them hyped up and stuff like that. He's got the chain on and everything like that. So uh, once again, I think they made an impression on him. Uh, you could see photos where he's got his hand or his uh, arm over one of the coaches and stuff like that. So I think it was a pretty relaxed visit. There was some speculation that he would go to Auburn on Saturday uh, because his former uh, quarterback from uh, Michigan state, I think transferred in there. That didn't happen. I think he kind of joked, uh, laughed about that, that that rumor was not true. Um, but again, this guy's got, I think, 25 plus offers from all different types of schools. Michigan just uh, made a phone call into him this past weekend as well while he was at Florida State, obviously a, a big Big Ten rival over there, um, the, the, a program that he's he's very much familiar with. Um, so this kid is, once again, a kid that Florida State is going to have to fight tooth and nail to try to get and keep. And this guy that has multiple years of eligibility, so that's a big thing with him is that he's not only going to affect this season, he could, you know, he's obviously going to affect this season if he comes, but he could be over a, a carryover for to the next season, whoever your next quarterback is, if he doesn't go pro. So getting this guy is is, is very much impactful to the offense. And I think would make Florida State the most dangerous offense in the ACC if they were to secure him. Um, so once again, Florida State's going to have to continue to battle him. They're going to have to get an NIL package together that, that is attractive to him because they're going to have to out-compete out top 10 programs for this guy's services. This isn't some under the radar kid, obviously. Uh, this is a guy that everybody wants at this point, and they're going to keep calling. Programs are going to keep calling, keep calling until they get him. Uh, so once again, you do not secure his his signature as of 745 on Sunday. Things could change. Maybe you maybe you do get him a sign before he leaves for the weekend. But uh, as of right now, he is not, um, which I don't think is unexpected, right? These guys are tough to nail down. They want to see what's out there. But I think he did definitely made an impression on him, which is good to see. The other thing I want to touch on is that with these guys coming in, obviously, wide receiver is less of a priority in my mind. You lost Micah. He just committed to Utah tonight. And, and that's something, once again, we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago that that was probably one of the schools that he might look at back on the West Coast and stuff like that. Um, he committed to them tonight. Not surprising in my eyes, but good for him. It's a big time program. Give him time to rehab, see if he comes back, but he'll be able to compete at a big stage there. The one thing though is that if you don't, if you strike out on Keon Coleman, not the end of the world, right? You have plenty of wide receiver weapons. But if you strike out on on Key, the UAB kid, you're still pretty not you're pretty. Your depth at a defensive back, especially in the state position, is a little bit low, right? You lost Cooper. You lost Travis J. You lost a good amount of defensive backs, and you haven't yet replaced them yet. 
And, and, and Jalen Key is the most experienced guy in the portal that is available uh, right now that is interested in you, that you've got on campus right now. So my issue is, is that who who is the backup? Who, who are you going after in case? Who is the insurance plan in case you don't get Jalen Key? So it looks like the backup plan they extended an offer to this weekend. So I don't know if you guys saw this. They extended an offer to a guy by the name of Ashlyn Barker. Uh, he's a kid out of community college in Iowa, Iowa Western Community College. Um, once again, under the radar kid really has no power five offers at this point. Um, he is eligible to play this year. Um, he'll be able to uh, basically enroll in the summer. He redshirted at Iowa Western Community College, so he has no game tape really with them. Um, he went from high school to Iowa Western, redshirted, got his grades up, uh, carries a 4.0 there, so it won't be any academic issues once he comes in. But he has no game tape at, at the college level. Four years eligibility, though. Um, he has a – I think he has an offer from Ball State right now. No major P5 hours. He does have a visit set up next week. I believe with Oregon state, that's one of the bigger schools that is recruiting him right now. But outside of that, I'm really not sure how Florida state, how, how they saw this kid. Honestly, I know he's from Georgia. Uh, he's originally from Georgia. So that may have been the connection. They may coaches may have put him out there um, and, and kind of put a word in their mouth. But as you can see here, uh, his offer list isn't huge right now. Ball state, Jacksonville state and Illinois state or is it, and he's got an official setup with Oregon State next week. Florida State is going to be hosting this kid on May 12th, I believe it is. So next weekend, I believe it is. Um, big guy uh, at the same position, so big, strong safety. But once again, no game experience. Um, a kind of a developmental project, I would see it as. Now, I don't think this solves the issue that you have right now of losing Cooper and losing you – no, know, Travis J is – you know that's more of a depth piece. But if you're losing key, is this, is this like the insurance policy if you lose key? Right. Is this what their plan is? If you lose on key, is this kind of your death piece, like your emergency option? I don't think that's good. If that is, I, I think they do need a guy with experience to come into that rotation, come into that locker room. Ideally, you would get both of them. You get Jalen Key, who has one year left. Great. Comes in, can play right away, shoot for the ACC championship with this team that has high, high expectations this year. And then you have this guy that can develop behind the rest of the guys, right? Develop. If he has to play a few snaps this year, fine. But he can learn the system, develop. He has four years, plenty of time to develop, just like he would be if he was a normal high school recruit. That's the ideal situation. This guy is not a guy, in my eyes, that you can expect to come in, learn the playbook during the summer, and be expected to play right away, even as a rotational piece. So if that is the emergency option right now, I'm concerned. Ideally, you land key and you bring this guy in as well to develop. But if this is the emergency option, if we lose out on Kia, I'm going to be concerned about what we have depth-wise. But let me know. Are you okay if we just land this kid and we can't get Key? Are you okay with this being the backup option? Or what are your thoughts? If we can't land Key, who do you think we should go after? Who, who else is out there for us to go after? I know the kid I was looking at, uh, who was the, I think, former Alabama kid or, or one of the top guys out there. He just committed to USC. So he's off the board. Um, so these guys are be picking options right now. And we only have Key, who was who on the official visit. I don't know if any other cornerbacks or any other safeties that were bringing in on official visits um, within the next couple of weeks. So sounds like we're all in on Key, and that's what they want to show him too, right? So they're not, you know, they're not scheduling a bunch of guys to come visit. They're showing him that we're all in on you and we need you. So, uh, and now they got this kid, and this guy shouldn't be a threat to Key because Key's commitment, right? This is more of a long-term piece. So. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens and we'll see uh, if we can bring this guy in and, and do some research on him. But like I said, there's very little tape on this guy, very few offers, but 
some coach in Georgia must have gone this year and said, this guy's an underrated guy. Let's check him out. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, and then the final thing, one of the final things is that Bishop Thomas, as you saw, he jumped in the portal, I believe, a week or two ago. Went up to Colorado, ch uh, checked them out, and now he's committed to Coach Prime in the, in the Buffaloes. You know, it's a it's a trend now. It's a cool thing to do for Florida State players to uh, to go over and uh, go up north and uh, go to Coach Prime. And you know, uh, Coach Prime is using Florida State as their prospect evaluation tool. It seems like I'm not mad at it. I, I don't care because this doesn't affect this. These transfers at this level don't affect. Florida State's day to day. So I don't know why anyone would be mad if they go to Colorado or if they go to, you know, if they go to Michigan State or if they go to Pittsburgh or whatever, you know, what things like that. Once again, we're not going to be playing against these guys. And two, these guys weren't impactful to the to the win loss record of Florida State, right? You know, it, it wasn't like that. So I don't know. You know, and I know Colorado fans will say, "Oh, we're taking your players." It doesn't. It's just noise, right? They don't have any effect on our aspirations this next season. And Bishop Thomas was a special teams player at best. You know, I think he was a special teams MVP or scout team MVP. But this guy was a three star player that Mike Norvell came brought in, developed him a little bit, didn't see the field a lot, and now he's going somewhere else. So hopefully, he can get some more playing time. Totally understand that, right? Totally understand why he would leave and, and go look for a new environment. Um, but it doesn't affect us. It, it shouldn't affect our performance on the field. And so good luck to him. And then good luck, you know, good luck to Colorado. But it doesn't affect us. So I don't give a crap about what they say or, or what their fans say. Good. You can have them, but it should not affect our performance on the field. And that's that's what it is. And, and, and move forward from there. So I'm not going to go back and forth and jaw with them uh, like they want us to do. Uh, and then lastly, but if you feel differently than that, let me know. Do you think that you're disturbed by this trend? Do you think Bishop Thomas was a this is gonna be a this is a prospect we should have fought harder to keep? Let me know. Like I said, I want to hear your thoughts on these things because I have my own thoughts, but I like hearing what y'all have to say about these things. So let me know in the comments on any of these topics if you disagree or agree with me uh, on what I'm saying here. Uh the last thing is is Matthew Cleveland. So many of you may not be following the basketball program. Uh, deservingly so because they were dumpster fire last season. In uh, the season before that, they weren't great either. But we just lost, well, I, uh, you know, three or four of our top players this past season to the transfer portal. No staff changes happened this past offseason after our nine-win season. Those players jumped in the portal based on that, in my eyes, because there was no shakeup. When you have three years of declining efficiency as a program, you expect maybe a head coaching change, new assistant coach, you would say some type of change, but no, nothing's happened yet. And so you've lost Caleb Mills. You've lost Matthew Cleveland. You, you've lost multiple, all basically all of your playmakers, except for Baba Miller, who was the highly talented player who was suspended half the season. When he came back, he really didn't do anything, but he's coming back for another year. So you do have him coming back um, and Cam Fletcher, but you lost Matthew Cleveland, who was your former five-star, if I'm thinking correctly, he then now commits and he hit the game winner, I believe, against Miami in one of your nine wins last year, right? You're able to beat Miami, who was a Final Four team uh, this year. He leaves Florida State and commits to the Canes. That's going to be a gut punch to you for a number of reasons, right? A, a guy who did the upside down U when they beat Miami on the road um, to basically like that was the that was the if there was a trophy to last year, that was the trophy is beating the Canes on the road. 
uh, right before the end of the season and get that ninth win. I mean, there's not a lot of positives in the nine win season, but that was it, right? You beat your rival in, in a crappy year. He does, you know, he celebrates to them. And then less than like four months later, he commits to them and he's going to them and he's going to probably put them on the top and, and help them get back to being a, a sweet 16 team again, because they've lost a couple of players, but this, this is a top 50 player in my eyes, Matthew Cleveland. So that's what Florida State's losing. He goes to your in-state rival, makes them immediately better, and, and you become immediately worse, right? Um, you know, you get the kid from Georgetown, but he's not a Matthew Cleveland in my eyes. Uh, he doesn't, he can't easily replace that production. And it's a gut punch. And it, it has to wake up the administration to say, what is going on with, with our retainment of Flor- uh, uh, Florida State's top basketball players, right? We do well. We have the battles end for football. We have the battles end for, you know, uh, uh, to retain those players. And, and we have a good connection there. Uh, retain the top players, make them come back and make a, fo- a football program great once again. But what's happening with the basketball program? Why is there no emphasis? I know we want to be a football school, but we can do both. It's possible to be competent at both. And just seems like this admin and this in our NIL, they're not on the same page right now. And, and I don't get what it is. But this this development is super, super depressing and disappointing. And it should hopefully wake up a lot of folks that this type of stuff can't happen. You can't let your you can't have your top scores, top three scores leave in the offseason. You can't win nine games, and you can't have your top scores, your top stars go to your in-state rivals. Those are three things that can't happen. They can't happen. So let me know your what you guys think. I know a lot of you don't like the basketball. But let me know your thoughts on any of these topics in that topic. Do you think Coach Champ should be here anymore? Do you think he needs to retire or is this the final year? I think this is his final year, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But let me know in your comments below. We covered a lot more things than I thought we would. I'll talk to you guys later. We'll see if we get some breaking news on Keon Coleman or, or uh, uh, Jalen Key. But we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great Monday. We'll speak soon. See you.